Hello and welcome to Econoday Unplugged on Tuesday, the 31st of October 2023. Many of the world's central banks have spent the best part of a year and a half tightening aggressively as they've strived to get inflation back under control. By contrast, the Bank of Japan has quietly gone about things in its own way. Its short-term interest rate target has been held at minus 0.1% since January 2016, and since September of that year, its yield curve control policy has successfully kept the yield on its benchmark 10-year JGB below 1%. However, going into Monday's central bank announcement, speculation was rife that all of this was about to change and that the BOJ might deliver a potentially key shift in its stance. I'm Jeremy Hawkins in London and here to discuss what actually happened and what it might mean for the Japanese economy and global financial markets is Econoday's Japan expert, Max Sato. So, Max, uh, welcome to you. First things first, what did the Bank of Japan um, have to do yesterday and uh, how did it compare with expectations? Hi, Jeremy, and hi, everybody. Well, I think um, for some reason it was uh, leaked out to the Nikkei uh, during the blackout. But basically, um, Governor Weta is he has a kind of a hybrid approach toward what to do with the current situation. Um, since uh, Japan is almost there, uh, to bring inflation up to stable 2%. Now it's you know, it's about the target, but not really anchored. So he still has to keep on doing that after 10 years of massive uh, you know, asset purchases and very low interest rates. But at the same time, when he took office in April, he immediately uh, put together a, a plan to review seriously uh, what went wrong and what was good uh, with their po policy uh, measures. So even though they said um, they're going to spend the next 18 months uh, reviewing uh, the, the policy framework and everything, uh, <coughs> Weather said uh, he wouldn't rule out that uh, some adjustments uh, can happen on the way. So that, that's what he's been doing. Um, but the main point is, um, it's it's fairly hard to understand, even for me, uh, watching the bank for years. I, right. It was really vague, but um, basically what they show in the visual image uh, attached to the uh, press release was, um, in July, they said, okay, we don't think uh, long-term uh, yields going to go up to 1%, but just in case, we set it as an ultimate defense line, so we're going to whatever happens we're going to defend it with the massive you know uh, bond purchasing operations mm -hmm. but since there was an earthquake of a um, um, yield spike in the u.s and the tsunami hit the japanese shore and basically they're basically forced by the market forces to uh push up the uh um the target target range but okay okay quickly Matt, sorry, sorry okay. Can I, right can I just quickly ask you on that so so the effectively you know the so-called reference rate right now for mm. for the 10-year has been raised up to one percent but it's clearly not a precise cap a cap do you think they would have made that move had it not been for the internationals your pressures you're talking about from the likes of the way the u.s treasury yields have risen yields have risen right across europe as well do you think they would have actually made that move domestically if the international factors hadn't panned out as they did uh, I don't think so. Um, the governor made it clear yesterday during the press conference that uh, 
um, the part of the reason they did this was, uh, of course, you know, domestic uh, inflationary pressures up. They they had to revise up uh, their forecast for this fiscal year next. But he said most of, most part it came from the um, higher U.S. Uh, uh, yields. Okay, let me. I can just continue with this sort of side for the moment. Um, I think also part and parcel of what was said, um, they've decided to end their daily fixed rate bond purchases, which presumably means it's going to be that much more down to the markets to actually set the level of prices and hence yields. I mean, is, do you think this is kind of like one of the, the sort of first tentative steps to actually pulling away from this yield curve control altogether, or do you think there's something else going on? I think um, eventually they want to uh, uh, remove it, but politi- politically they cannot say so because, um, um, first of all, the government is trying to transform the economy uh, from, um, um, you know, the, the guiding companies from cost cuts, which is a common practice for survival that has been placed for 30 years, mm-hmm. towards um, sharing profits with workers and investing more in growth areas. So what the, the government is asking the Bank of Japan is to um, make sure you support the economy and help companies raise wages substantially in a, a, a sustainable manner. So that means um, the Bank of Japan cannot say, OK, we're going to uh, uh, do away with the, the current framework and start raising rates. They, they still have to say we're going to support the economy or with uh, patiently with um, basically uh, monetary easing. OK, on that front, I mean, as, as, as you, you mentioned, the, the Bank of Japan has been buying well bucket loads of JGBs in order to try and keep keep yields down and you know close to its target. Um, I mean, are we at a stage now whereby it might actually be considering that you know, the aggressiveness of its quantitative easing is simply you know too aggressive, given what appears to be well, clearly it's been surprised to some extent by the level of inflation we've had in Japan. And perhaps we'll talk about, a bit more about that in a minute. But do you think it's got a stage whereby they actually themselves believe that you know that the policy has been being eased too rapidly simply because all the JGB buying they've been undertaking? Sorry, the, the the latter part. Can you just uh, rephrase the latter part of? Um, yeah, sure. Just in terms of, you know, clearly the, the one of the few banks around at the moment still in, still very much engaged in uh, quantitative easing via all the bonds they've been buying over the view to try and keep yields down. I was wondering if another reason for perhaps why they decided to let the yields rise is the fact that they've been pumping so much money into the system. They don't think that sort of stance is now appropriate given where the Japanese economy and inflation currently resides. Um, I don't think uh, the, the you know the staff or the actual actual you know board members think it's not appropriate, but more like they're wondering, wow, what are we gonna do with all these bonds that you know mm-hmm. the balance sheet and everything? You know, we can't just say okay until yesterday monetary and today you know basically tightening. So that that's gonna really distort the markets. And also, if they start um, unwinding obviously and aggressively that's going to really hurt the the market so i think you know as you can see they've been doing kind of a stealth uh unwinding and trying to shed the uh the actual net balance but uh uh, that's that's going to be a difficult task uh but you know if you if you think that you know what what did all this bond buying and you know 
super low interest rates uh, did for the Japanese economy and people's mindset, did it really help? So conversely, you know, if they just get rid of them, um, is it going to really hurt? So that, that that's going to be an interesting experiment in, in question. Mm. Oh, let me ask you a bit of kind of bit about inflation. I think they've revised up their inflation forecasts. I think just looking at the numbers I've got in front of me here now for the fiscal year 2023 and 2024, uh, they've both revised up from 2.5 and 1.9% respectively to 2.8%. But I noticed uh, 2025, they've only increased the forecast uh, to 1.7% from 1.6%. So it's still below the 2% target. So do you think that's their kind of fundamental justifications for not doing anything in terms of shifting the short term interest? rates or indeed allowing the at the longer end of the yield curve to move even higher um yeah the, as you mentioned the key is the uh, fiscal 25 forecast it's, it's been only revised up to 1.7 from 1.6 which means they're not totally confident that uh infl- you know the people's mindsets going to really change and they expect uh, wages to increase prices to to rise and sort of fall, so they should probably spend and buy stuff now than wait till weeks later. So that if that happens, that's fine. But um, Governor Weather also said yesterday that um, the, the pri- uh, primary way of um, uh, the higher inflation is coming from higher costs. The secondary, which they really want to see, is uh, wage pressures, and mm-hmm. that's gradually happening i mean by japanese standards i guess you know a higher magnitude but um he said that's sort of um uh factored into their forecasts but they they're still not sure what whether the secondary wave is going to really come as they as they wish so that means you can't just say okay 2.8 that's good enough um and then Maybe um, yield curve may, name will remain, but effectively that's going to be a fading. The, the very key point is when they can actually say, okay, it's safe to uh, lift the um, negative interest rate to zero or even above. That may not happen until well into next year. Um, I mean, the first sign will come in early December when business leaders will say, "Okay, uh, big businesses, they'll say uh, we're going to raise this much or probably meet the demands of the uh, labor unions. And for the for the fiscal year, that's 2024 starting April. But that's just, you know, the the first round of uh, negotiations and only between the big companies and big labor unions. So you really have to see that's going to. Uh, filter through to the smaller companies and then then the question is okay 2023 24 we're seeing more wage hikes but that is that good enough and what about you know uh, higher costs hit the gain and it's going to remain basically a uh, uh, cost push instead of demand pull so that's that takes a little bit more time that maybe many market uh, uh, participants uh, want to see right now Okay, 
fair enough um i've got to ask you about the exchange rate as well because i guess you know looking at the market's reaction to what came out of the boj um dolly yen clearly has appreciated on the back of it which presumably means that your know, markets were expecting something a little, little bit more aggressive from the japanese central bank so i mean we've had dolly yen trading where i what above 151 pretty well throughout london trading um today and indeed certainly u.s tradings it's pretty well seemed to have carried it on as well now if, I'm, if i call rightly it used to be around about what 152 i think when we saw the boj intervening to try and cap the exchange rate last time around do you think by virtue of what they've done today that you know they're still concerned or they still have some kind of pseudo limit to how weak they're prepared the yen to get or do you think now they may be prepared to let the yen um, slide further perhaps with a view to trying to make sure that inflation is that much more entrenched before they start moving short-term interest rates yeah, I guess that's up to the Ministry of Finance and okay. the, the communication with um, the uh, U.S. Treasury. Um, I don't know if if the market force is so strong, I don't think they can win against the the rising tide of the dollar. So they they may not intervene when we don't they don't think they can win. And plus, as I mentioned before, instead of you know. Um, uh, yen selling o- operation when the yen was too strong. That that's when uh, you know, Japan had uh, big ammunition you mm-hmm. know, availability. With they can basically print as much yen as possible, yep. but they have to depend on foreign reserves. So right. um, they they will be probably more cautious. And I'm just looking for data for uh, possible intervention that might have happened, but. Uh, uh, day-to-day base uh, MOF data is not going to be coming until November 8th, so we'll see uh, if they actually intervene or not. Okay, I mean, do you think if, if it came the case that the yen really came under pressure, they would be more prepared to allow the longer end of the yield curve to move higher? I think they can always blame the uh, external factors like, okay, this is because the the U.S. Uh, Treasury yields are too high and we're just being right. hit by that. So that in that case, they can say, okay, you know, maybe temporarily uh, about 1%, a little bit more. But um, yeah, basically, they've got a very flexible target. You know, They're easier, easier to hit that way, yes. All right. Um, I guess that's kind of most of what I wanted to ask you, apart from, well, I guess really, when do you actually think that they'll, they'll finally come round and, and raise their short-term interest rate target? Mm, that's a million-dollar question. That's I mean, what I'm asking you. you, Max. You're the man who knows. <laughs> I think uh, if uh, they want to play safe, it's going to be um, – sometime in 2024 i'm not sure if it's the earlier part or a later part um i think the key is again messages from uh, both businesses and labor unions about uh where how far the wage hike is going to be in fiscal 2024 plus is 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 uh, the economy facing another wave of um you know uh, whether it's facing um another spike in international energy and commodity prices mm-hmm. because of the wars going on yeah. or um, you know pent up demand so they it's they have to have they have to see all kinds of things and where correctly said yesterday that it's not just wage hikes 
you know, they have to see other factors to make sure that, uh, you know, demand is um, uh, firmed up. Um, the one thing they're not really attach so much importance right now is um, output gap. Uh, by some measures, it, you know, it, it's now in positive territory, but BOJ is more cautious. And right. one of the factors uh, um, where predecessor Kuroda mentioned was uh, he kept saying, OK, we need massive you know, easing because um, output gap is in negative territory. So that is gone, but they can't just use that one factor to say, OK, it's safe to lift the interest rates. Yeah, good good luck measuring the output gap as it is. Doesn't, yeah. matter, doesn't matter where you are. Okay, anything else you'd like to say, Max, before we before we close this one? Yeah, I forgot to mention last time that um, you know there's this theory that uh, Hanshin Tigers from the west you know, from Western Japan, if they win the uh, Central League tournament in baseball, um, the following year is. Uh, uh, GDP and also the Tokyo stock market, they're going to fare really well. And maybe that's going to happen. So now that the question is, uh, I think the fans, f- fans, uh, you know, the uh, not Tigers fans, but uh, money, money is um, households still have uh, excess, you know, money. So they they uh, they're really encouraged to. Uh, uh, invest in uh, now the government is expanding the tax-free uh, framework so this system under NISA so they they're going to probably buy more uh, uh, stocks and you know the, the funds may in- include um, bond funds too but what does that mean um, and according to the theory that the uh, market is going to do well next year so that means if if, if people buy more uh um, stocks are they going to uh, buy fewer bonds or sell bonds? So that is that going to affect uh, the bond market the long end, and then is it going to affect uh, Bank of Japan's policy? That that's interesting to see. Um, is it going to be uh, you know buy stocks and sell bonds, or is it going to be Japan buying you know uh, yen bonds both? Or is it going to be pulled down by the um, negative uh, image of the yen? And it's, is it going to be uh, all Japan's sale again? So that's going to be another factor to, that we have to watch out for. Plenty of unknowns and what's going to happen in that. Excellent. Thanks very much, Max. Um, clearly, we're to, clearly we're to watch the baseball. Much as a, <laughs> as a cricket fan here, given the state of England in the current World Cup, if you're looking for something to sell, it's got to be the pound. Right. OK, then. Well, that's it for now, then. Thanks very much to Max for his thoughts. And of course, you can read more on those and indeed analysis of the whole economy team on our global economic calendar. Well, quickly with regards to central banks, of course, don't forget the Fed will be announced tomorrow and the Bank of England on Thursday, although with no big news expected from either. It could be, given all concerns about uh, Treasury supply at the moment, that the US Treasury's refunding announcement uh, also on Wednesday, uh, that might well prove to be rather more important. In any event, as always, thank you very much for listening. The podcast will be back again soon and we hope to see you then. Bye for now.